I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, I'm Sarah. And I'm Toby. And this is the Whispering Woods Extra. This extra is all about... More Dudley Town stories. Right, I've got two more Dudley Town stories to share. Are you ready for the first one? Yes, I am. It was late on a school night, around 9pm, and the road was saturated in a dense white fog. But the moonlight managed to pierce through casting an eerie glow. Inside my red CRV, I had Ali and Jonah with me. Jonah had never heard of the infamous Dudley Town, so Ali and I decided to take him there and show him what all the fuss was about. Deep in the remote hills of northwest Connecticut lay an abandoned town known as Dudley Town. It had gained a reputation for being cursed, isolated from the rest of society. Early settlers in the 17th century had established their homes in the vast stretch of land. Unfortunately, tragedy struck when all the children in town died under mysterious circumstances. This led to a mass exodus, leaving behind empty houses and deserted farms. Now, Dudley Town stands as an overgrown hill, casting its long shadow on the valley. It's protected by the enigmatic dark woods society. As we descended the hill in my car, I leaned back, pressing the pedal firmly due to the steep incline. The road soon transitioned into a rugged path, with rocks flying up in our wake. Finally reaching the top, I switched off my headlights and parked the car beside a bush. At the top, 
a sign loomed before us. No trespassing. Land preserved by the Darkwood Society. We turned off the car and silently stepped out, ensuring to close the doors quietly. We strained our ears, listening for any signs of the inhabitants of the house at the top of the hill. Assuming it was safe, we cautiously made our way towards the front of the woods. A yellow hat marked the entrance to a dark path leading into the deep darkness. As we ventured further along the path, the atmosphere grew increasingly silent. It was as if all animals had vanished from the vicinity. Yet an unshakable feeling of being watched lingered. We continued walking, encountering forks in the road, but always choosing the path that led uphill. Eventually, we arrived at the house. The two-storey structure had a flat facade, with four windows facing the front and a front door resembling a mouth. The lawn had become overgrown, almost reaching waist height. Jonah, really excited, dashed towards the door and began kicking it repeatedly until it swung open, revealing the darkness within. Entering the house, we discovered a kitchen and an open living room with a spiral wooden staircase leading to the upper floor. Climbing up, we found two beds, a library filled with books and an enormous pile of sand on the ground. In the centre of the sand lay a massive circle. As soon as we laid eyes on that circle, we knew it was time to flee. We rushed downstairs and made our way outside. Returning to the end of the hill, where a driveway awaited. We began retracing our steps down to the fork in the road. We walked for nearly 30 minutes until we reached a familiar yellow gate. Just as we arrived, the abrupt sound of an engine startled us. Gradually, the noise grew louder, as if the source was approaching us. We couldn't see a thing, no car lights or anything else. The closer it got, the more the sound resembled that of a chainsaw. That's when instinct took over, and without hesitation I sprinted away. Even Ali joined in, racing through the woods. We managed to complete the hour-long walk in just 20 minutes. Finally we reached the car and swiftly manoeuvred our way out of the dark woods. I have only ever returned during daylight hours. So a bit freaky with a salt circle. Yeah. Which reminded me, when I read this story, um, it instantly reminded... Do you know about the superstition of chucking... If you spill salt, of chucking it over your left shoulder? Yeah, that's like good luck or something. No, what it's meant to do, because the devil's meant to sit on your left shoulder. Yeah, So if gets you, bad luck or bad energy. If you chuck the salt over your left shoulder, it's meant to go in his eyes and blind him. Yeah? Yeah. But Nanny once did this. In, in We were in the chip shop down on Crow Lane, yeah. getting some chips, and Nanny spilled some salt. Now, the chip shop, it was like a Friday or Saturday night, and it was packed. So she spilled some salt and decided that instead of actually pinching a bit and chucking it over her shoulder, that she was going to get the whole big table salt plastic bottle yeah. and just chuck a little bit over her shoulder. <sighs> But what she didn't realise, people used to unscrew the cap. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it just came all off. Yeah. <laughs> she threw it over her shoulder. All the salt came out. Um, and they, they were wetting themselves. I can't imagine her trying to explain that oh, yeah. what's happening there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, oh, I was just trying to so, chuck it over my shoulder. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I dropped a bit of salt, so I wanted to chuck <laughs> salt over my shoulder, but it would end up all coming out, didn't it? Oh, she tried, <laughs> yeah, with her little giggle. <laughs> of course, we were wetting ourselves because we were teenagers. But yeah, that was my experience with salt. <laughs> but I do, I used to, anyway, I used to carry around little sachets in my bag to ward off evil. <laughs> Seriously, in my purse, in my bag. <laughs> Crazy. Are you ready for the second story? Yes, I am. Our friend Jason led us to the mysterious Dudley town, an experienced explorer of this eerie place. He had camped there overnight before. Although his stories were just stories, I couldn't help but believe him. Perhaps they had a touch of embellishment. One tale he shared recounted his first and final overnight camping experience in Dudley town. In the foundation of an ancient house, he and two friends pitched up their tent. As they lay inside, preparing to sleep, they all heard the distinct sound of boots walking on a wooden floor. It lasted only a few seconds, but it unsettled them enough not to be able to sleep. Exhausted, they thought about their experience, but the fact they'd all encountered the same thing made attributing it solely to exhaustion difficult. Following the footsteps, they sat up in the tent, discussing what they'd just heard, each person displaying a hint of shock. Jason, frustrated, decided to light a cigarette, but it refused to stay lit. After several attempts, he angrily threw it out of the tent. Checking his watch, he realised it was already 1.33am and they needed to be up by 5am to leave before sunrise, in case the police patrolled the area. Engaged in conversation for a moment, they attempted to drift back to sleep. As they tossed and turned, they felt a crawling sensation on their skin. They experienced sudden hot flashes and an unshakable sensation of being watched throughout the night. Jason eventually gave up, sitting up and pulled out his phone to text his girlfriend. Surprisingly, the time displayed was 1.35am leaving them all a bit freaked out. They felt as though they'd been struggling in their sleeping bags for at least half an hour, yet it was only minutes that had passed. For the next hour, they sat in the tent, smoking cigarettes and engaging in random conversations. Their peaceful camping trip took an alarming turn around 3.20am, when they heard leaves crunching loudly from the nearby forest. The footsteps appeared out of nowhere, without any gradual approach. Jason described it as if someone took two quick steps, paused for a couple of seconds, took another two steps and repeated the pattern. Everyone in the tent then began to panic, gripping their weapons tightly, frozen in fear as the footsteps circled the trees outside. After a minute, the footsteps ceased abruptly, without any indication of moving away. Dread settled in and they discovered the possibility of someone lurking outside, observing them from the shadows. 
Jason's friend shouted, Is somebody out there? But there was no response. After a few minutes of deliberation, they decided to investigate. Armed with flashlights, they cautiously unzipped the tent, illuminating the area. Their beams of light searched the direction of the sounds, but nothing materialised. They kept the lights focused on the trees for a while, until they heard an unearthly growl, deep and raspy, emanating from the trees behind them. Startled, they swiftly turned around, aiming their flashlights, only to find an open section of the town, around a hundred feet away from the nearest tree line, empty of any figure. At that moment, they resolved it was time to get out of there. Gathering their valuables, they left the tent behind, too rattled to bother packing up the $40 Walmart purchase from the previous day. Jason recounted that the hike back was nerve-wracking. Throughout the ten-minute journey out of Dudley Town, they felt a constant presence, as though they were being watched and urged to leave. Once they crossed the limits of Dudley Town, their anxiety, hot flashes, cold sweats and the eerie sensation faded away. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Sounds like it might be the same house. I thought that. I really do think it may have been the same house. It's scary that somebody's in the woods. I've told you about my experience with my childhood woods, haven't I? And somebody was whispering my name. Yeah. Hence the name of the podcast creepy that is something that would really really terrify me to be out camping i know it's in a house but to then see somebody or a figure rustling about in the trees and bushes if if that happened to me i wouldn't be able to like stand there trying to think it's not real i'd probably just stand in the middle of the woods shout something come here then yeah i was like come out then because like i'll pretend you're a psycho yeah, something like that. Like, <laughs> I don't want to, because I don't want to sit down knowing that someone's watching me. I'd be like, nah, come out then. Come like, on, face me. I'd like, I'd rather you be here than like, me being scared but Watched. not knowing. You know what I mean? Yeah, you want to face it. I'd like, be like, ah, come out, come out. Bring it on. And I sit, if I saw it, I'd probably just like run away or something. Mm. I'd say, yeah, now I know that you're there. I can, I can go now. <laughs> I suppose it depends what it was, doesn't it? You know? Yeah. Because it could quite possibly have been a person. I guess. It was a person, I don't care. I'd say, you come out. I, yeah. I see him. I'd be like, why is there a person? What is they? It's just confusing, isn't it? Well, they always say act like a psycho, don't they? 
Yeah, I would probably rip off my t-shirt. So, come on, then. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> I say you don't want to mess with me, Lee. Yeah, I am. I am. I am the scary person around there. <laughs> Nobody else is scary. I am scary. I <laughs> am the scary person. <laughs> I like your style, mate. <laughs> That's what we probably do, Lee. If I was like sorry about myself, I'd be like, nah, they're not the scary one, I am. Yeah. So I just tell myself <laughs> in my brain, no, I'm the scary one. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed and please catch up again with us on Sunday. And if we can ask you to leave us a five star rating, that would be fabulous. That's obviously if you're enjoying the podcast. And maybe leave us a review and we can say it on the show. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. 